0: You are now listening to the My Startup Podcast. So, it's been a while. Um, very sad that it's been a while. I think it's about two weeks skipped with no podcast, which is, like, dreadful. And, <laughs> you know...
1: Look, it's alright. It's all
0: yeah. It's not alright, though. But anyway, <laughs> So... Um, it's going to be a very, very interesting podcast. I think um, I want to start doing this a lot more, speaking to people that are industry experts in what startups are doing, how they're working, um, what they're building, and how they're building it. So I think this will be really, really valuable to anyone that really listens to it and understands the sort of things that you have to say. Right? Yeah. So um, you can just start off with just your background, right? You can just introduce yourself. Where are you from? Uh, how you got here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, uh, so it's been quite an interesting journey for me. I, my background is actually in Property Studies. I'm from Tanzania. I came to South Africa a few years ago, um, four years ago, to start my Master's in Property Studies at UCT. And while I was a student there, they introduced these courses in this ideological design thinking and my master's was a part-time master's so I had a lot of free time in between my modules so being the curious person that I was I said you know what let me check out this design thinking courses and just find out what they're all about um yeah and it turns out that the design thinking courses came about at UCT after hassel Institute of Design Thinking decided to open up a branch, the very first branch in Africa at UCT. And so I started doing these courses and my whole life literally changed after <laughs> I graduated.
0: So just to start off with, like, what is design thinking?
1: <sighs> okay, um, so design thinking is an ideology, but it's also a process. And just to make it very, very simple, when we talk about design thinking, in just one word, it's, it's human. It is how do we design solutions, whether it's a product, a service, a process, that is centered around the person who we're designing this solution for. Traditionally, when there is a problem that we think needs solving, you would get experts in a room discuss what this problem is, come up with ideas, and put it out there. But then, designers realize, actually, oftentimes when we have ideas, they might be good, but they might not be in in, in the best version when you put it out there. Mm-hmm. The key is to, how to make it better is to put in the people's voices, so the people who you are designing for. and. This ideology is actually borrowed from industrial designers. That's why they say design thinking. Why industrial designers? Industrial designers are the people that, that design our chairs, they design our tables. They design how tall a door should be.
0: Yeah, so obviously those guys are way more invested in making sure that the human element is super integrated in the design process?
1: Absolutely, because when you design a chair, you have to take into account how long the average person's leg is so that you can design a chair that's comfortable to sit on. When you design a um, door, you have to take into consideration the, av- the tallest average person that could pass through this door and design it accordingly so that it's useful. So designers thought, how about taking that same thinking into other industries? Because ultimately when we're putting out solutions and we're solving problems, it's, it's not usually for ourselves. It's for the people that we're designing for. So how can we use those principles and ideologies in everyday business? So design thinking is a way of approaching problem solving that is centered around your user.
0: Yeah. So. Obviously, this is something that's trending a lot with um, startups, with entrepreneurs. Um, not so much with traditional small businesses. You know, I don't think you know restaurants are, are out there looking for design thinking experts to make them understand how to use the space. Even though I think they should. Right? Yeah. But it's been something that has been in the ecosystem in South Africa a lot. Um, design thinking workshops. You know, we've seen a lot of um, consultants come up. What's the real benefit for a startup to have someone that's design thinking you know, oriented in their team one or mm-hmm. getting someone in to look at the products that they're building um, from a design thinking perspective?
1: Yeah. So I think the, the, the hugest, the biggest benefit that design thinking has for startups and really anybody is that it helps you de risk your project and idea. I mean, we all know that one of the biggest issues that startups uh, have is the funding. So initially you don't have a lot of money and so you do not want to make expensive mistakes. So where design thinking comes is, great you have this idea, before going out there, getting money from your friends and family or pitching it to a a venture capitalist, how about you validate whether or not this is something that your users actually need? Why not validate whether somebody else is not already solving that problem that you could potentially, in in an even cheaper way, partner with to make it better rather than starting from scratch. So design thinking helps you de-risk your projects and ideas very early on. It literally embodies the fail fast and cheaply. Now, how do you do this? I say before it's an ideology, but it's also a process. So the design thinking process starts like this. I have an idea or I have um, notice a gap in in the market for something, right? which all
0: entrepreneurs think they have, right? Precisely. We all think we have the idea that's that going to serve. That's like it's like you know what? No one has this. No one's ever done it.
1: I got the key, you know. <laughs> I got this. But then, so what? Design thinking. After you have this great idea, that's absolutely fine, you know. Very first step would be to get together a multi diverse team. Why is it important to have a multi-diverse team? Because the kind of market that we're, we're hoping to serve today is actually very very diverse. So you want to have people in the room that are going to have a different perspective and a different mindset and a different way of looking at things than you have if you're going to reach the wider market. Because how you solve a problem for me might not be how someone can solve this problem for you. But we, when we have all these voices that are represented in the room, then we can actually look at this solution um, in a more holistic way. Yeah. So the very first thing is get a diverse team and it doesn't have to be, I need an accountant, I need a, um, a CTO, I need, it could just be your average friends that just are doing different things. One is in marketing, one is in commerce, whatever. Yeah, and they're yeah, thinking differently. They, they think, different, they yeah, think, yeah they and different. they have a different world view. From you. Yeah. okay. So you get this team together and what you do now is you actually go to the people. The very first step is, okay, what is this problem that we think we want to address? And who does this problem affect? Mm-hmm. Go and talk to those people to validate whether or not it's actually a problem for them. Another thing that I actually find very useful um, to do in the beginning is asking people how they're alternatively solving the problem. So maybe it might be a pain point right now but people have already have a way to resolve right. it. So you don't have to spend months looking for the solution, it's there, okay? So you talk to these people, you validate whether or not this is act- the actual problem because in, your, in this boardroom with your mates, this is, these are just assumptions. You guys are working on assumptions until you go and talk to the person. So you talk to them to validate those initial assumptions of what you perceive the problem to be. Once you've validated that, design thinking gives you these tools to ideate. To come up with as many possible solutions to the problem that your team has validated with your user. So I'm going to stop you. Just like,
0: I want us to go into this, right? So what's ideation?
1: So ideation is literally a fancy way of saying coming up with ideas. Okay? Okay. So come up with as many possible ideas as to how to solve the problem that your user validated with you. Okay? And so there's different ideation techniques like silent brainstorming there's the starfish there's a lot of so these are the two what's
0: silent brainstorming (laughs) i feel like brainstorming is just like literally everyone shouting whatever they think is incredible
1: so that minus the shouting (laughs) again you see when you have a diverse team everyone has all these ideas and a lot of times you find that it's, it, it becomes hard to come up with a, okay, we're going to go through with this one because if you say, I think this is what we should do, gonna say no, 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 no. I, you never ever get anywhere. So this, an example of that, an ideation technique like the, um, the silent brainstorming would be telling people in a workshop, okay, this is what the problem is. In 10 minutes, can we all write down in stickies five different ways to solve this problem? So everybody in the team would write how they think this problem can be solved, put it up on the board, share with the team. And as the team, you can decide either to vote on which idea you think will best solve the solution, or you might actually decide to integrate everybody's idea into one big solution that solves the problem. But really it's about giving people the chance to say what they think can solve this problem without the interruptions that usually happen in the everyday workshops where you find yourself going into meetings to discuss something but you leave that meeting only planning another meeting yeah let's meet again on thursday and do this you know and in the world that we live today where things are constantly changing people are constantly putting out ideas you cannot waste time Dwelling on something you have to quickly decide this is what we want to try not that it's going to be the best idea But the quicker you decide what you want to put out there. You can go and test it. Okay, and then Learn whether or not this works or not Park it and then you can go with the next one and say guys at least we tried Nash's idea It didn't work out the people don't like it. They don't need it. Let's try the second idea, you know so you're constantly validating your idea in your concept with your users before you make that large investment. But again, how do you validate this idea with your user? Usually when people tell you about their ideas, it's not easy to understand it. Um, after you ideate, there's a process called prototyping. And prototyping, when when people hear the word prototyping, it's like, oh my gosh, it has to be this massive thing, there has to be software dev, there has to be scientists, but really prototyping is just Putting your idea, representing your idea in a form that your potential user can interact with it, so you can learn whether or not it's worth So It's, it's something literally come. like
0: the simplest, easiest way to show someone what this could be. Yeah, and they can actually experience it rather than just like imagine it as a you know sticky note or whatever.
1: Precisely. Yeah, you cannot ask your user to imagine what this idea that is in your head is like. You're much better off taking a paper, piece of paper and actually sketching whatever this solution looks like and then testing with this user, asking them, what do you like about it? Why don't you like about it? Does this solve problem A or does it not? What could be improved? What would you like to remove from this solution? And so you are co-creating with your user throughout this journey. And after a while, and people always ask me, at what point do you say, okay, now I have enough information, now I can, make that big, huge leap. It, it usually happens when you start hearing the same thing. So you need to keep testing until you start hearing the same thing from your user. So if my user is somebody who's between 18 and 35 years old, the more you test them your concept and your solution, after a while you start hearing the same things. I like this, I didn't like this, I wish this could change. So after you've spoken to 15, 20, 30 people that like more or less the same things, would like to change more or less the same things, you start understanding that, actually, you know what, I've hit the mark with this product. And only then can you graduate to, actually, I can confidently sit in front of uh, an investor, I can confidently sit in front of my boss and say, guys, let's pursue this. Why? Because the people that we are designing this for have said, a, B, C, and this is the evidence.
0: So, obviously the biggest benefit of this is like actually going through the process of developing a product without actually spending the amount of capital that it would take to just make this whole thing yeah. and then put it out into the market and realize that, oh shit, no one gives a fuck. yeah, And instead really actually going through the process of, okay, what is this? What can it be? Let's make the simplest version and then put it out into the market. Speak yeah. to the people that actually need it and then see whether or not they feel like they do actually need it, yeah. and then only put it out
1: Yeah, basically, sure. that is the essence of it. And it's really when you think about it, it's it's actually common sense. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> it's, it's common sense. It's not I mean, rocket it, it, science. It's,
0: it's common sense to mm-hmm. I mean, for you. It must be so easy to just go. You know, this is the process. But obviously, for you know a startup just starting out, you know, don't have any experience or any sort of you know, money for consultants, or haven't been through an incubator program or anything like that, they might be thinking, I need to build this whole thing, just so that it can exist, so I can put it in the market.
1: Look, you know, when I say it's common sense, it's, look, three years ago, I I had no idea what design thinking is, and and that's why I said it, it absolutely changed my whole life, because it changed the way I've been looking at things for as long as I've been in the education system. So, just to take it a little bit further, I think, the issue really is 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 not that people don't do this because they're not thinking right or they're not thinking straight it's just that we have not been programmed to think in this way you know one of the things that design thinking aims to do is to to help you as a person tap into both your left side and the right side of your brain you know the traditional education system has trained us to only use our logical part of the brain. You know, we start off young, creative, we're curious, we're risk takers, but slowly but surely, the education system just pulls all those things out. Like, it's not okay to fail. You know, don't do that. Always aim for an A. If you get an F, you're the biggest loser. Failure is horrible. You know, so we, we start losing that, that creativity, that, that- Curiosity. Yes. Yes. Yeah you know, wanting to be able to be risk takers the way we used to be. So the education system teaches us to think in a certain way, but then in order to solve today's problems that are so dynamic, so diverse, we have to be able to tap into both our creative side and our logical side if we're going to make products that that are relevant. So what design thinking actually does is it gives you the tools to actually be able to, yes, pull out your logical bit, because you do need that. You do need accounting skills. You do need software skills. You do need marketing skills. But then you also have to be very creative if you're going to put out a product that, that is relevant in the market. But another side of design thinking um, that I think is actually the winner, the very first step in design thinking is, is empathy. So when you're going to talk to your user, you're actually conducting empathy. You're trying to walk a mile in their shoes to try to understand what are their needs, what are their problems, what are their desires. You know, you really understand this person. So at the end of the day, when you create a product for this person, this product is not just something that solves their problems, but it also has an emotional value proposition.
0: Do you think not enough people are adding emotions to the design process, but also not just the design process, but also the service, product, final sort of thing that they're putting into the market? Are they really thinking or feeling as much empathy for the customer?
1: I don't think they are, and I I believe that's where the problem lies because consumers these days are spoiled for choice. So why should I buy your product and service and not the other guys? So there has to be a differentiator there. But if you tap into my emotional, Value proposition. I'm more likely to give you my money than the next guy. Um, a very good example could be, say, marketing for for parents. Okay, uh, we know that if you want to tap into a parent's core, it's it's through their children. Okay, so if by understanding that whatever this person does is is really around catering to their child and providing the best possible future for their child, once you understand that's the influence, you understand how to actually get that customer using that emotional value proposition, which is their child. Yeah. You know, so not saying, hey, this is my product, it can do ABC for you. If I was to use design thinking and that's the customer that I want to Um, influence, it will be this is how my product can make you and your child's relationship better. Or this is how my product can improve your child's life. So it's really about tapping into that emotional proposition because as consumers are are spoiled for choice. And you'll never be able to do that if you haven't taken the time to to get to know your user.
0: So are you seeing like a lot of guys um, that are startups? Taking this up as a service from say your company or do you feel it's more corporates doing it?
1: So for now it's 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 both ways. So corporates they they do they do want to learn about this ideology and this process and, and they want to incorporate into into their business because they're scared of becoming irrelevant. I think that would be the motivation for the corporates. But then again, with regards to startups, some Startups do know about design thinking and some don't. I find that a lot of startups that do go the route of design thinking are ones who are looking for funding and then their investors want You to show them proof of evidence that I have gone through a sort of human centered design to my solution so I didn't just sit up in a basement with my friends and think this up we did initially, but we took the step to actually go validate it with our users because what that tells investors is that, okay, maybe this is a safe investment for me because it has been validated. So again, you're de-risking this project. So I think that's how um, corporates and um, startups interact with design thinking.
0: Yeah. So are, are you seeing um, corporates taking it up maybe to improve their products or completely build something within themselves. Because, you know, I remember having this interaction with someone that was not even from South Africa, but it was one of these meetups somewhere and he was from um, the UK and he said, in South Africa, the innovation actually comes from the corporates and not from the startups. So that was really interesting for me because I was like, what does, what? does how does that even work? Because in America, for example, mm-hmm. you see a lot of the innovation come from the startups and then startups grow and scale to the level where they could actually disrupt industries and actually shift the entire landscape and dethrone corporates that are very comfortable. Whereas in South Africa, you don't necessarily see that massive disruption where a corporate is literally crippled by a startup. Yeah. So are you seeing corporates take this up more to improve the products that they have or to start new products to make sure that they are relevant in the future?
1: Yeah, so, honestly, I think, first of all, I have to disagree with with your friend. I do not think that corporates innovate more than startups, to be very honest. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's very, very hard for corporates to innovate. And this is because a lot of corporates come from um, a background of having legacy. You know, they have a lot of legacy issues in corporates, where they've been doing this business for the last 40 years, 30 years, and business as usual has been okay. Uh, So they're not really in an urgent need to put something in the market that's going to make them stand out. Especially if it comes along with being uncomfortable, with changing the culture, doing things differently, disrupting the whole structure basically because the corporate structure does not support innovation. The typical corporate structure, it doesn't. And what I find a lot with our clients is actually they come to us because they want to start thinking and doing things like startups. So you kind of have to kind of pull apart the corporate monster so that they can create a new culture, a new structure that actually allows for them to be innovative, you know? One of the examples that I can give you is we, in my work, it usually takes around three months for us to go from I have an idea to I have a validated minimum viable product. Corporates don't work like that. It takes months, years, to get one phase of a three-month accelerator approved and for that reason, it becomes, after a while, what we were talking about two years ago, it's not relevant. Yes, we've been working on this project or this idea for the last two years, but it's now not relevant because there have been other people that have come into the market and have done this better and in a bigger way. So I believe that startups are actually more innovative than corporates and I think the reason why is because first of all startups do not have that luxury to wait you know they are usually strapped for funding and and the money that they have so they have to make use of the resources that they have to put together this concept and test it right now before the money runs out and I think that kind of urgency is is what makes startups succeed Um, surely not all of them fill the design thinking process, but the beauty of putting something in front of your customers early on is that you start learning from them. You start learning what works what doesn't work, how it can be improved. So you might have taken the L, you know, the first three months after you've piloted, yeah. but then in the next few months you've already, your users have started interacting with your solution and you're learning from them and you're improving it, if you're able to uh, sustain the funding for that long. So you're constantly improving it and ultimately you get there. You know, Airbnb' this story for me is very inspirational because their their whole approach was human centered. You know, they just came up with a bunch of guys that you know wanted to figure out how to travel in an affordable way, and they were literally they built this business by interacting with people that are in the same position that want the same things. And even after the company was established, they always took account of what people value most, and they iterated. Um, from that feedback, and so I do disagree that corporates um, are unaware so, that they do have the funding, oh yeah. but their structures do not support um, innovation. Yeah, can you come up with
0: a South African or African um, example of, say, someone you feel has actually used design thinking really well? I uh,
1: think Park Up is mm-hmm. a really, really good example of what design thinking can do, and. I was speaking to the founder of ParkUp. So,
0: wait, just explain
1: very much. <laughs> what is ParkUp? ParkUp. Oh, um, so ParkUp is really an a, a platform that links people that have space outside their houses to people that are looking for parking, basically. So a good example would be Parkhurst. We know when it comes to December or festive seasons, it gets really, really crowded. There's nowhere to park, but a lot of times there's space outside people's property that you could use the park, but then you don't know if it's okay or not, and so the, the park ParkUp founders, they, they found that there's that gap, so if I have extra space outside my house that I'm not using, and I can make some money by people parking here for one or two hours a day, why not? So, but how ParkUp came about was literally at a design thinking workshop, so the founders like, look, I just went to this workshop, um, it was an entrepreneurship, program, um, just putting together young people that have different ideas and that are passionate about solving problems in their community. And so that's how Park, Park Up was was born, you know, a group of people that said, hey, what is the thing that we all think is a bother right now, Our oh, parking is really horrible, especially in Cape Town. Okay, so how do we do that, you know, let's talk to people that actually Struggle with parking. Let's talk about. let talk to the authorities, the government authorities that offer parking. Let's talk. So they they really had a human centered approach to it, and they recently just piloted their their platform. But I think in South Africa, ParkUp would be a really good example for me on how design thinking has been used to effectively. It's a great question.
0: So you you've spoken about just at inception when you're starting out. This is the process you go through. Let's say I've already started, right? I'm already in the market, but my product isn't working. How then does someone um, apply design thinking to go, okay, this is where we are now. How do we then turn this around? Because the product is failing. Mm. The users don't want it. There's yeah. no customers, and we're running out of money. Mm. We are failing, right? How do we go backwards to save this product, this service, this business, not done the design thinking process to start or to, to get to this point
1: Okay, so in in that case it, it wouldn't be about going backwards really, it, I think it would be about going forward so what I would advise somebody who's put out a product in the market that's not performing how well that they hoped it would it's really about again going back to the users, really understanding why they're not using your, your solution you know, how your solution could be improved and, um, you know, there's a lot of things you can learn. The best case scenario is, you know what, I really like your product, but I don't like the pricing. Or, I don't like the user experience. That's the best case the scenario. Because you can solve it, it's very easy. Exactly. Uh, worst case scenario would be somebody saying, actually, if you just, I have a better option. Yeah, there's a bit of solution though. Yeah, and you know, or it's just not solving that problem. And in that case, you just have to fail fast. You Which is thought let it go. <laughs> Yeah, no, you you do have you have to let you have to let it go. You can't be very too married to your idea, especially if your user is saying that it doesn't work for them. So it's it's a very you have to be able to be vulnerable and you have to be able to, to let go of your initial assumptions and learn from it. So, <clears throat> I think, even if somebody says that, look, I'm not using your product because it doesn't work for me, there's a lot that can be learned. A lot of times, we've, we've also had concepts that we've put out there that we thought, oh my gosh, this could really, really work. Thankfully, it's usually a very cheap version of it. But when somebody says, I don't like it, that's also an opportunity to, to learn about other opportunities you could be exploring. You know? so, it's not the end of the world if your product is not working. What you need to do is understand why it's not working, go back to your team, unpack what your customers are saying, mm-hmm. and again, ideate mm. how you could better solve your, your customer's problem. So it's, it's an iterative process. It's not linear. It's always about going forward and then going back. Because even after you've had a successful product in the market, your users' needs are always changing and that's why we always have updates on our apps because you constantly need to, to keep understanding and, and meeting your users' needs. My needs last year might not be the same needs that I have this year, but as somebody that's using your product, I still want you to be able to cater to that. But you'll never know that my needs have changed if you don't talk to me. So you might just find that there's been a drop-off from your customers. Find out why. You know, don't just leave it at that. I think the key is always with your user. You'll be so surprised how much you can learn and how much you can succeed if you just put your user at the center of everything.
0: Yeah, so, Say someone doesn't listen to this podcast, which I think would be a really bad decision, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they don't get to learn all of this, right? And maybe they skip to this exact moment. Right? Cool. Um, hiring a, a design thinking, you know, agency or firm or whatever, it must be a very costly exercise, right? But mm-hmm. how can a start you know, small entrepreneurs starting out, how can they um, use the tools? Like, is there tools for them to use? Absolutely. to apply design thinking to what they're trying to build Absolutely. and not have to spend too much money.
1: Absolutely. So there's tools, there's free online courses. So if, if you're just talking tools, you can go to IDEO, that's I-D-E-O, and they have a really great design thinking toolkit. Uh, there's LeapFrog, they also have a really awesome free design thinking toolkit. But then on the other hand, you know, okay, it's one thing to have a toolkit, but then how do you use it, right? So this talks also the training. A lot of courses are offered on Acumen, so that's A C U M E N, Acumen Plus. And there's also courses on Course Era, so that's Course and then error, Era, E R A. So you can find design thinking courses, eight week courses that are free on Plus Acumen and Course Era. And then after you've gotten those skills, you can start going to platforms like IDEO and Leapfrog to get this toolkit that can help you and your team navigate this process of empathy, which is understanding your user so that you can actually define the actual problem and not your perceived problem. After you've done that, you can ideate on how to best solve this problem with your team, which is multi-disciplinary and diverse
0: prototype it, put it in front of
1: the user, and test it. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much. You are welcome. Cool. You. Awesome. Do you
0: want to like, put your you know, Twitter handle so <laughs> people can reach out and learn more? And You know, I think a lot of people need this sort of thing, right? Yeah. They need to be taught. They need to be exposed to the ways people are working mm-hmm. um, to build different products, build different solutions build different services and if you have more linkages to people that can help you do that it's amazing
1: right yeah so guys if you do want to learn more about design thinking I am on LinkedIn as Asiya Sultan and that's Asiya spelled as Asia Um, Sultan S-U-L-T-A-N and I'm also on Instagram as Teco Lama and I do look I'm really passionate about entrepreneurship and I do a lot of Pro bono work, helping startups, you know, integrate design thinking into their into their work and projects. Because I think it goes quite a long way. Um, If you are on Meetup, I do, I do. I'm part of a Meetup called Africa Design Lab, which is an initiative from McKinsey and Co. So what they do is they meet every month and they do a design thinking meetup where different experts talk about different methods of applying design thinking. We have entrepreneurs, we have people in the corporate space, just coming together and discussing how we can use design thinking either to solve internal business challenges or to just create better products that that will prevail in the market. So meetup, Africa Design Lab, Um, I'm always there, and LinkedIn and Instagram.
0: Cool, thank you so
1: much. Cool. You oh.